Ladies and gentlemen, Cranked and Ranked has returned with another band discography ranking. Hello, I'm Old Head. With me as always, Eddie Sparks. Who are you to rank these albums? You must have been out your head. Oh. That was pretty good. Uh, um, yes. I kind of surprised myself, actually. That's a good yeah. photo on that. Yeah. Damn. Um, the, yeah. Hey, Tool, if you're hiring. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. I lost my train of thought. Um, I did. I was like, that was a pretty solid intro really quickly and you know, getting into the point. Uh, but in case you're new, uh, which you may be, this is Cranked and mm. Ranked. It's a podcast slash YouTube show uh, where we rank band discographies and have a really lengthy discussion about them. Um, and we've been doing this now for uh, over three years into our fourth yeah. year of doing this. And it took us this long to get to tool. So, um, yeah, which, you know, it's, it's so funny cause we were talking about this last time we did an episode where we were looking at the list of bands we haven't done yet. And the list of bands yeah. we have done is already really long, but then looking at the, I'm like, Holy shit, this is, we're going to, we're going to be retired um, gentlemen, by the time we get to the end of all of the uh, the uh, the shit, I will be anyway. Eddie is twenty yeah. years younger than me. We're gonna be in like a, we're gonna be in our respective nursing homes. Like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> my number two Rage Kids Machine album is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, don't worry, you won't have to wait that long. <laughs> for, no, yeah, not for Rage. We're gonna get to that one. Uh, but yeah, Tool, Tool. We finally got to Tool. And, um, yeah, I, it, this isn't going to be a very interesting ranking. We decided to do all five of their full links, but also uh, include Opiate, their first EP, mm. in the ranking. And I guess normally it, it feels like, to me, like we forgot to do something, but really this is just us jumping into a, a ranking quickly and to the point, which I'm, I think some people out there would appreciate other others like it when we just go on and on about shit that isn't related at all. Well, I'm sure that will happen, but um, <laughs> this is an interesting one for me because uh, I, I I like Tool. I would not necessarily call myself a fan because there there will be actual fans watching that would agree that I'm not actually a fan. Uh, but <laughs> Tool they, fans were a different breed, though, man. True, like. <laughs> true. But um, but but they are they're very special in my life because the very first concert I ever went to that was like an actual real concert was okay. Tool with the Flaming Lips and Failure back in 1994. Holy and, shit! And so before that, I had only been to like local, like seeing my buddies' bands play or whatever. That was the first bought a ticket, went to a show, show. And um, I did a whole podcast episode. You can find it out there. And you type in Old Head Podcast First Shows, I think is what it's called. I do an entire story where I talk about my uh, experience at that show. But um, we usually talk about where a band came into our lives. And that was around that time because I was 
one of those uh, young teenagers who saw the video for Sober on Headbangers Ball. And I was just like, this song fucking kills. So I yeah. went and bought the uh, the first Tool album on cassette and played the fuck out of it. And then, of course, you know, you know, after after it's what seemed like years of me begging my parents to let me go to a rock concert. They finally said yes to this one. And so I was very excited about that. But the the, the tool for me in the beginning was. They were there was a whole bunch of these bands in the late 80s and early 90s that seemed like I related to them a lot more than other ones because they kind of didn't fit in anywhere, but they were still heavy rock music with aggressive qualities. And the ones that you couldn't quite put into a a category were were the ones that kind of spoke to me. Because I always yeah. kind of felt that way. Like I never, I didn't really fit in with with metal heads, and I also didn't fit in with like the alternative folk because I liked metal. And so it was, you know, it it was weird. So a band like Tool at the time was was it really spoke to me, and I really liked what they were doing. And that first show was was pretty cool. I'll get to that when we actually talk about the album uh, Undertow because that was the tour. But uh, but yeah, that was my exposure to to Tool was uh, like a lot of people through the sober video, and uh, and what was what was your first exposure to Tool? Uh, my first exposure initially would have been Forty Six and Two, and it happened to be on you know I've mentioned this before, but for anyone who hasn't heard it before, sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> I had a pizza and it's like weirdly fucked my throat. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, the the song 46 and 2. Yeah. I heard it and I thought it was really cool, but it was like early on in my like discovery of like rock and metal. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit out there for what I was looking for at the time. I just wanted dig it, 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 like just that. But like, this was a lot more cerebral and it took me a several years, it, maybe even like a whole decade on to really come to appreciate Tool. But like I'd heard the big songs gradually over the years, you know, like Schism, yeah. um, all, all, all of the big Tool songs, Sober, yeah. uh, The Pot, just all, all sorts, like all of the big ones. If you were to compile like a Tool greatest hits, I'd heard all of the hits. Yeah. But... um. Really, it wasn't until, like, my band Sage kind of came together. By the way, stream Sick by Sage on all your uh, uh, streaming platforms. Yeah, that's my little shameless plug of the episode. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, it, it was mainly Callum, uh, frontman in our band, who turned me on to Tool a lot more because he was like, Hey man, uh, I got us tickets to go see Tool at the O2 Arena. I was like, oh holy shit, oh awesome! And then I went and saw them, and saw their live show mm-hmm. that they have now. Yeah, and it was like no, it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Yeah, and it totally stands out as a concert experience. Even even if they're not one of one of my like favorite bands, they definitely stand out as like a go see them live. You know, yeah. and don't see, don't look at cheekily recorded. Um, phone footage because you know you should have been thrown out for that that's not part of the tool rules there's tool rules yeah uh and you don't film their concerts man that's lame you're supposed to be in there 
for the experience. That being said, though, um, it's really cool how they present themselves. Tool is cool. They need to. Uh, they need to do a show at this brand new. Have you seen any of the footage of the the huge dome thing from Las Vegas that just opened? I heard about it, but I haven't seen it yet. There. So the opening show just happened a couple nights ago, and it was U two, and I, you know, I whatever I can take or leave U two, but even like people's TikToks of it look Whoa. fucking amazing. Because Holy it's literally shit. a giant a giant dome and the entire thing is like a high definition screen. Look and there's a point where it look it literally looks like the whole venue is outside, but they're not. They're in the dome. It's pretty fascinating. But the point being that Tool seems like a band that could take that and fucking blow it out. <laughs> like, you know, oh, oh, oh yeah. what have you, you know, what have you what have you seen? Oh, you too? Yeah, very nice. Now let's watch Tool. That seems like a perfect venue for Tool. But you know Yeah. But it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never wanted to go to, to Las Vegas ever in my life, but now I'm all like, huh, that's all right. that's kinda it's kinda cool. Anyway. I'm going to be doing the slots. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably would just to say I did it. But um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, and uh, so t- so tool tool was never on uh, any uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto games. That was that was not as far in- as I can tell. Uh, there, there's a, a- there, there's a guy on TikTok that posts these videos and I laugh every single time. But essentially all it is is. In in one of the Grand Theft Auto games, the guy's on a motorcycle and he specifically rams himself into a car, so he flies through the air like over the city. And it, yeah. every single time it happens, I laugh my ass off because it's so stupid how he just goes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, this is the most entertaining thing ever. He could just do this over and over again, and I'm just like, oh, is he going to go over to the hospital this time? Oh, did he, yeah. did he make it over the water? Oh, he did. <laughs> like, it's just so much fun, and it's the stupidest yeah. thing ever. It's like a little hidden game within the game. Like, how far yeah. can you throw your guy off a motorcycle? <laughs> I remember there's like a there's a really buggy swing set in GTA Four. That mm-hmm. if you back your car onto it, like one of the one of the beams, it'll like shake violently and then just fling you like a catapult in your car, and it, you land wherever it launches you. Like, yeah, yeah. Even That's if even funny. if GTA Four is like one of my least favorite GTAs, got to hand it to him that that swing set. Yeah, a good few hours of my thirteen-year-old self would just spend doing that. Yeah, that's that's. I almost just want that them to make a game that's just that. You drive a motorcycle into something and you see how far the dude will fly over the city. Um, there has to be something out there, like even if it's like a mobile version. There's got to be something that there, sounds too. I fun think there. To I think there are done. games like that, but it has to be in that scenario where it where it's so yeah. detailed, and sometimes you just hits random people, and they're all like, "Hey, buddy," and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, all right, but back to Tool. See, this happens sometimes. We'll mm. we'll get off on a tangent, but we are going to focus in now on uh, uh, ranking six Tool releases: five full links, one EP, and. Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, for Tool fans out there, um, I'm going to preface this by uh, saying that uh, I, I, in order to really dig into these albums, I, I have to critique and criticize things in the Tool albums. I had my first run-in with the Tool uh, fan base 
early on in my old head videos where I, I reacted to the first song that was released from Fear Inoculum. And I wasn't even, I enjoyed the song, but I, but I was kind of being goofy and kind of pointing out how some of it just sounded very similar to other things they had already did. And that was enough to set those motherfuckers off. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, that is so interesting. Cause I wasn't even being rude or saying it sucked. Like imagine if I fucking hated it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> You'd have an AC-130 circling your house right this minute. <laughs> Shit. So, uh, so the point being is that if you if you are one of those, uh, you're going to be unhappy because I'm going to say plenty of really nice things, but I'm going to also, also say some uh, uh, critical things as well. Uh, but uh, that's just how it goes. That's how it goes. You know, it's, It can't always be a love fest, but I can say uh, before we even start that I don't think there is any bad tool album or release. I think everything Agreed. is a super high quality and impressive in their own different ways. But that yeah. being said, let's get into this and let's start with number six. And as usual, I throw it over to Eddie Sparks to start us off with his number six tool album. Okay. So my number six tool album is 2006's 10,000 days. All right, cool. And you know that this album for me, it really came to came down to the ratio of interlude to song. Yeah, and this album, for for its length, like all Tool albums are long, with the notable exception of Opiate, uh, which is an EP. Um, so it, I was talking to I was talking to Callum, and he said he would rate 10,000 Days as his favorite if it weren't for the fact that there's about five songs in there he really loves and the rest of it is kind of meandering around that vibey tool stuff yeah. that gradually crept in over the years. And I feel like this is where it kind of hit a wall where it was like, okay, well, what are we actually here for? So, you know, you got Vicarious, which is a great opener. Mm -hmm. uh, Jambi, Jambi, great follow-up. Love the guitar rhythms on this. Like, dig -a -dig -a -dig -a -dig -a -dig -a like love that. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that there's a lot of emotional weight to do with this album as well, because, like, I've heard it's a concept album about his um, mother who passed away from cancer and wings for Mary or Mary. Um this two-parter, you know, Wings for Marie is a uh, full-blown viber. And then 10,000 Days title track, Wings Part 2. It, second half goes a bit harder, but it's still in the vibe zone. So yeah. af after two big rocking songs, you get this vibey, epic ballad sort of thing. Um, then you get the pot, which is excellent. Uh but like, here's the thing. This is the problem with this album personified. When you get um, Lipan, Lipan Conjuring, is an interlude, immediately followed by Lost Keys, Blame Hoffman, which is another interlude. Mm. <laughs> so you yeah. get like an interlude into another interlude. Um, then you get Rosetta Stoned, which is a heavy track about aliens and shitting the bed. Um, and then you get Intention, which is just vibes right into has some cool riffage towards the end and then uh virginity 
trees or trays. Sorry, I've wrote <laughs> vagina trees. Virginity uh, <laughs> tree. Uh, it's like this final interlude outro thing. So, like of all that, you know, vicarious Jambi, the pot, uh, Rosetta Stone, and maybe right in two are like the heavy ones. But like, you got both wings tracks, two interludes next to each other, uh, and then. It it's mainly down to the fact that this album just felt like the most meandering Tool album, where mm-hmm. like there were moments where Tool are not like a shreddy band. They're not hard songs in terms of like yeah, like yeah. arpeggiated fucking Ingve shred. The hardest thing in this band definitely would be playing the drums. Um, yep, because Danny Carey is a alien. Um, <laughs> but you know, most of all, it's it's all about polyrhythms and stuff. Yeah, when it comes to tools, writing, and that. But really, for me, this album, I could genuinely, f- I can understand if the intention was to get lost in it because I know Tool is a very headphones on yeah uh lay down and take this whole thing in from start to finish which i totally get Mm -hmm. i totally am all for an album experience um however when you stack it next to stuff like um anima and lateralis leading up to it which managed to do a more engaging version of what Ten Thousand days did it, it just this is the album that found its way at the bottom for me because even though its highs are extremely high, there's a lot of like dead weight for me here. That like to to be fair, I could do without a lot of the interludes on all the talk tool albums. Yeah, like I would at most, I would rather them just like cool put cool vibey shit at the end of each song as like a last thirty seconds of. Oh, where are we going now? Yeah, I don't think I, you need an interlude to be like four minutes. <laughs> I, I think it, I think it would be different if they weren't a band that already put sections in songs that felt like interludes, and then they also mm-hmm. have interludes. There, there's a whole lot of uh, wanking off, as uh, the Brits would say, in yeah. Tool's <laughs> song catalog. Um, whether that, and and I don't necessarily mean like like you said, it's not like guitar wanking. It's very just like, oh, this is just a move and a, a mood. And I have this guitar pedal that I have on this yeah. particular setting to where I can play three or four notes, but it sounds like a lot more. And I'm going to keep that going for five minutes. Like that's, I mean, there's, there's, yeah. there, there are times where something like that is highly effective. And sometimes in tool songs, it is highly effective. And other times it really just seems like I'm wasting parts of my life listening to it <laughs> so. yeah yeah definitely i think it says a lot that earlier on today i went to make a playlist to like listen to in the car and i was gonna call it tool no bullshit no bullshit yeah where it was just all of the songs just no interludes none of the extra stuff yeah. just the meat of the songs um come to find that there's like a hundred tool playlists called tool no bullshit <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny. i'm not the first i'm not the first person to, to say this um but granted i do respect 
filling the entire runtime of a CD with material that you've got in terms of wanting to make it like an art piece from start to finish. And I get if you've got a lot of stuff and you want people to get lost in it, that's great. But my ears personally don't work that way. So I'm kind of like, I'd rather you just drop 30 to 40 minutes of banger from start to finish. So that, that it's interesting that you bring that up because I my critical brain starts to like compare things like that. So you've got a tool album that 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 makes it to, you know, 78 minutes or whatever, you know, almost the full runtime of a CD. Yeah. And there are sections of songs or interludes where technically not a lot happens in a span of a, of several minutes. So yeah. how then you have another band who is like a rock band that just writes regular ass rock songs. Their album is 78 minutes long and has like 15, 16 tracks. Some people will go, oh, we, well, we are guilty of this. We'll go, oh, yeah. there's some real bangers, but then there's some filler tracks there. But wouldn't hmm. these long extended sections where nothing's really happening on a Tool album also be filler? They're just not extra songs. So where yeah. do you draw the line? Where is it okay? Is it better to have a song that maybe is not as interesting or as inspired as the other songs? Or extend a part of a song that really probably should be about a minute and a half to five minutes. And then you can say, oh, we filled a whole fucking CD with stuff like that. That's my brain is like stuck in the middle of enjoying and being annoyed by both things at the same time. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah, for sure. This is for me. It, it definitely is a victim of its um over usage of the vibey interlude type feel yeah uh this album and again like i say vicarious and and jambi uh jambi like one two punch and then the album kind of goes into this holy fuck this is a long experience yeah where like it i don't know whether or not it just it, they're a victim well they're not necessarily a, a victim so to speak it's it's more just the fact that they saw that they could fill a cd and were like yeah and they've been doing that from the start i mean undertow has like seven minutes of crickets on the end of it yeah you know with a phone message thrown in there as a little easter egg yeah I, I would be I would be interested. Yeah. They they would never do this, but I would love it if Tool as a challenge would say, "All right, we're going to write the new Tool album. We're not allowed to use any guitar effects except for distortion or no distortion. Clean distortion, that's all we can use. <laughs> we're not allowed it's literally going to be writing of writing an album and recording an album as a band with literally nothing else." And I would mm. love to see. Obviously, they did that in the past. That would that would be opiate, and then going into you know undertow. But undertow has a, a little bit of that. But now, as like fifty year old dudes or whatever, I, I would I'd be interested to see like what can you do, and how would you make it interesting for yourselves if you take all of this other shit away. But then, if you take all the other shit away, is it really a tool album at this point? Because I think everybody's gotten. To the point where the, the fans, yeah. anyway, have gotten to the point where there's a a level of uh, 
psychedelic progressiveness or whatever that people expect. And um, that's fine. But I I would be very fascinated to hear them stripped down now, seeing what they would do. But yeah, because they they're of that era where it's like, we're going to throw a curveball at you. You know, that 90s alternative metal thing where it was like, you know, uh, and I'm going to look like a fanboy here because I'm wearing their shirt. But Faith No More always put out albums where they almost kind of dissed their former selves where they were like yeah oh you know that album we just did yeah we don't we don't like that anymore <laughs> fuck that you know because it was, it was always like real thing and then angel dust and they were like yeah we're not we're not funk metal fuck you and then we did they had loads of samples and keyboards on angel dust and then king for a day had no samples at all and it was like very in a room yeah um and then um the album of the year they brought the keyboards back and they had more of a computerized sort of futuristic kind of feel going on and it's just like tool very much feels like a very gradual progression you know considering the albums come out for the most part long times apart yeah you know i think the only the only standard gap you could call is the one between undertow and anima the rest of them are like five plus year gaps yeah uh yeah most notably the one that was 13 years long (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. um yeah and i know we're i know we're camped out on ten thousand days still but uh, if you're done we can move on yeah, I just thought, all in all, this is the most meandering Tool album, in my opinion. Yeah. So it found itself at the bottom. Well, well, well. funny enough, we can come out of that 13-year-old, 13-year-old, 13-year <laughs> gap <laughs> with uh, uh, my number six, which is Fear Inoculum from 2019, okay. uh, their fifth album. And um, so, yeah, I... I you know, because it, it'd been a long time since Tool had put something out, so there was I was a little bit excited to hear what they would do because I'm like, oh man, it's been third. I didn't realize at that point because I'm not like a huge fan, so I was like, wow, it's been 13 years since they put something out. That let's let's hear what yeah. they got. And I don't even remember the name of the first song that they put out because um, it's been such a long time since that first single came out. But um, might have been Numa. Let me let me check that. It could it could have been. Um, I don't th- no, I don't think so. It d- doesn't matter because it was uh, it was pretty underwhelming for me, and um, not that it wasn't of a high quality because like the entire album sounds fantastic and it's um, it's it's you know for what it is it's well written songs well performed songs you know we we you know Danny Danny's an amazing drummer. He's like he, to yeah. me, like he's like their legit secret weapon, because yeah, he's absolutely. the he's the one legitimately unfuckwithable part of the band. Because um, mm. like I could hear criticisms about anybody else what they do in the band, and I'd go, "Yeah, you got a point." But if anybody says like, "Yeah, Danny sucks," I'd be like, "Okay, what? You're deaf. What is Fuck wrong off. with you?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, but for the, my problem was that Fear Inoculum comes out and I'm just like, wow, this really doesn't sound any different at all 
from what they had already done previously. Only now, instead of having some long songs, some interludes, some short, now it's just all long songs. And mm. I feel like I'm not in a position to just let myself go with it. I'm, I'm very critical of not only a band that kind of just repeats themselves in a, in a slightly different way, but also just the idea of long songs. And I don't feel like there is enough in it to warrant the length of some of them. Some of them work out great. There are, you know, there are some long tool songs where I don't think it, it could have been any, any different than what they did. But in other cases, it really does feel a bit like they kind of get lost in their own world and they're just like, well, this is the tool song and that's fine. So that's the thing I always have to remind myself is that I think if I was a, a massive tool fan, then I, the journey would probably be more enjoyable for me, but I can't remove myself from hearing a part of a song and me going, that sounds really similar to like a couple other songs they did. And now they're just repeating this part for four minutes and yeah, and they've slapped on whatever fancy guitar pedal they're using this time or, or, you know, re recording technique or whatever. Um, that's the thing that's really aggravating about tool is that, <laughs> is that, so much conversation is had about everything except for the actual songwriting. So an album comes out and it's like, the album is called this. Oh my God, what does it mean? Here are these song titles. Oh my, what do they mean? There's an explanation for these song titles. Look yeah. at this interesting packaging of the album. Look at the weird advancements in, in packaging technology or ideas that they've done. It looks so cool. It's so interesting. Oh, and by the way, when we recorded the album, we decided to put a microphone in the corner of the room and use an old uh, uh, microphone from 1920 over in the corner <laughs> over here here and i we use this limited edition amp that has that only one of them is in existence and it costs us five hundred thousand dollars to buy it that's used on this particular song oh and by the way we've designed our own pedal boards with our own different kind of effects and stuff literally no nothing going. has been said about the fucking mu music yet because i almost feel like it's secondary to everything yeah. else so because so Unfortunately, I, none of that impresses me at all because I've done recording before. I've been in a studio before and I know what actually makes a difference to the average listener and what doesn't. Somebody using a fucking uh, uh, decades old amplifier or using a, a direct you know, link into a fucking garage band, the, your average listener isn't going to know the fucking difference. Yeah. So at the end of the day, are you making music for the real uppity folk or do you want everybody to come on board? And so um, <laughs> and I've always been trapped in the middle because I think there's a huge part of my personality, a, a good half of it, where I feel like I'm just a basic bitch. And then the other half of me, I know some things and I've done some things and you put those together and then I hear a song and I go, this is so not interesting 
And I can hear all of these ways that they're trying to take something that's not very interesting and make it very interesting. And that Mm. very much could just be who Tool are as a band now. And if you're a fan of that, awesome. But it's not enough for me. That being said, the album sounds fucking amazing. So I'm just like, yeah. you know, it's like, like how we, who, who the fuck am I going to argue? Like they're a very successful band. They have tons of fans that, you know, this, that rant I just had, I'm, you know, um, go ahead, put some shit in the comments. That was real, a really impressive rant as well. Like, <laughs> you, did, you didn't skip a fucking beat. There wasn't one stutter in there as far as I can tell. I, I, You've had that some, in the chamber. Sometimes, <laughs> well, some, yeah, sometimes I, I'm, I'm good at what I do. Most of the time I'm not. Uh, but I, I just, yeah, so... I just think that there's a, there's a, there's, and I, but I'm, you know, but I'm, I think I'm laying it out there that I understand that in, I'm, I'm probably, well, I'm most definitely not the target audience for what they're doing now. But just like with a lot of music, I can take a step back and look at everything and all the effort that went into everything. And I go, well, for what it is, they're still a way better band than most bands out there. Um, mm. They're very consistent. There is no band that sounds like Tool. It's just Tool. And then there, there may be other bands that over the years have like tried to, you know, maybe do their own kind of version of what Tool does. But everybody can see right through that shit and it doesn't work. So I almost have like so much criticism for them slathered in mad respect <laughs> because yeah. I'm just like, you know, yeah, you, you guys do you. But um with fear inoculum my problem is is that it's it's perfectly fine tool with absolutely no surprises but i it 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 bothers me because i was such a huge fan in the beginning and they did music that truly moved me and is was very impactful for me and now it's just kind of like it's it's moved on to something where I can appreciate that it's good, but I don't really want to listen to it. So um, yeah, that's Fear Inoculum, my number six from 2019. Moving on to number my five. favorite. I just wanted to mention before I do move on to number five that my favorite thing about Fear Inoculum, um, outside of the actual album, is the fact that it started a Twitter war with the Taylor Swift fans. Do you remember oh, this? Oh yeah, because didn't yeah. they almost they almost beat Taylor Swift in the charts, right? I I, I think they were they beat they beat her for a little bit. Oh like, okay. It had more pre-orders or something, but yeah, I, I like I, I want to read some of these because they're they're oh, hilarious. Shit. It's <laughs> so right, it's right. so funny. It's so funny to to see commentary from people from a completely different area of music. Like they're music fans, but they're the rabid obsessive Taylor Swift Swifty fans. So it's funny as fuck. So you know, I really love to see it. I truly was nervous she wouldn't pass Lover because I know the Taylor fa- Swift fan base is so big. Anyways, who the fuck is Tool? And can they move their fat ass? Like, genuinely no idea who that is. Am I the only one? Uh, what is it? Apparently they were really big in the 90s and had a 13-year comeback. Oh my god, the length of each song left me shook. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> 
Oh, where is it? There's, there's one here. Um, keep streaming, guys. This band Tool is dropping a new album after 13 years. Uh, LMFAO, 13. Is okay, but we still have a chance. Stream Lover by Taylor Swift harder! Also, uh, here's a, an abbreviated thing. And Lover seems to be doing well, so we have work. Uh, the last album was released 10 years ago, so this new one apparently has more pre-orders on iTunes than Lover. Let's just wait and hope. These people... They act like they're soldiers fighting for like, it, <laughs> and, it's, and it's funny because on both sides there are they're they're fighting for a band that doesn't need their help or an artist that doesn't need their help. Like Tool and yeah. Taylor Swift are going to be fine without them, and yeah, and yet yeah, they like they should be putting all their effort into some independent artist, you know. This is the one. This is the one that got me. This oh, is shit. hilarious. All right. Yeah, but the yeah, but the bad news is there's a chance of it debuting at number two due to a new band called Tool. Uh, <laughs> it's the fact it's new. Prefaced it with new. It wouldn't be as bad, but you had to include new. Oh, uh, this is Taylor Swift. She did not work her socks off for the album and promo for this mess to happen. And it's like, dude. It's a number on a fucking chart. Calm the hell down, <laughs> you know? She's yeah. not going to die, you know? This ain't the fucking Hunger Games. And little, like running, little, man. Little, little, did they, <laughs> little did they all know that one of those tool pre-orders was by Taylor Swift herself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be a fucking... That'd be a plot twist, wouldn't it? It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but I'm not a I'm not a fan of hers really either. But I have no problem. It's the same sort of thing. I look at what she does and I go, I absolutely see the appeal for somebody else, just not me. Yeah. Um. But 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 that's so funny because I I feel like I relate to a little bit of both of those camps because, like I said, I feel yeah. like I fall in the middle of all of that, and um. I'm and I'm pretty sure that the Tool fans said some horrible shit to the Swifties. And, oh yeah, um, yeah, without question. <laughs> do, do Tool fans have a nickname too? It's like Swifties and Tools or the the Tools the, the Tools. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but but either way, that's just so, it's so ridiculous to me. Uh, yeah, that wasting that kind of energy on something because like you know we've we've talked about it before we you know that it's it's no secret that we're both you know metallica is our favorite bands which is in the metal world that's as basic as you can get but yep. when their album comes out and they don't hit number one i don't it doesn't i'm just like whatever i bought the fucking album i'm i <laughs> i'm buying their yeah. merch i'm going to see them on tour i'm doing everything i can do i'm not going to be a jackass that just jumps in and says who the fuck is is Maroon Five? No, oh, that's a goddamn. That's an old reference. Um, is that, I think they're still a band. No, no, no. They're, they're, as far as I can tell, they're, they're still around. I mean, they okay. had some big songs in the 2010s. But also, but also, how stupid do you look if you're a young Taylor Swift fan and you don't understand how to use Google before you post something? <laughs> they could have just yeah. who the fuck is Tool? Oh, maybe type that into the search engine. <laughs> yeah, but no, we're just gonna put it out on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make an ass of myself by being a completely reactionary douche. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's pretty funny. New band called Tool. Fuck. <laughs> it's not like 30 years or anything. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that the next time Taylor Swift puts out an album and be like, this brand new artist, Taylor Swift, who the fuck is this? Yeah. Never, yeah. Even, never <laughs> even heard of her. And people are going to be so mad. 
And I'm just yeah. like, yeah, it does it, it because if I really didn't know who she was, guess what? I'm going to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy that's to funny. do that these days. But I well, I mean if if Tool did get a number 1, that's that's great. That's a fucking win for for, you know, for rock and roll, quote unquote. But all right. I I just wasn't a big fan of the album. So let's 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 move on <laughs> to your number 5. Okay, so um in a shocking turn of events, uh a 1992 release has found itself at the lower end of one of my lists. Interesting. And, and I too was shocked by this and honestly my my five my four and five placement could change on any day of the week. Mm-hmm. This ended up down here ironically because I just felt I don't know, it I I felt a little bit like opiate if I didn't mention it already. Yeah. It it is an EP. Um and it's a, it's an EP with two live tracks on it as well and I was like for the first time in a while I looked at this objectively and thought to myself I love the vibe here but yeah. it's not a full on tool release. So like looking at the albums above it I found myself thinking can I can I really grant it that higher point? And on some days it might be at my number four and how it may even creep up to number three. This is an yeah. ever, ever revolving list. Yeah. Because well, like, and, well like, I mean, to be fair, like the two live tracks on it, that's the only way you can get those tracks. They, they're they They didn't do studio versions of those songs, which is cool. And, and on it, um, and, and I, and it's so, so much so that I, I love the fact that like, you know, when when you release a, a a track live and that's the only way that it exists, anything around that track is is part of the track for me. So it's like yeah, it, it, he had so if, he, if they ever play it live, he has to say throw that Bob Marley wanna be motherfucker out of here. Yeah, <laughs> otherwise I'm gonna be like you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Isn't there what's what's the one in Jerk Off where he goes a bunch of people on on the, this part of the building used to live in this part of the building. We just disposed of them as you would yeah, any other. He says, uh, "Yeah, roach. used to be a bunch of assholes in termite this part of the roach. building, but we yeah. systematically removed them like you would any termite or roach." Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that that yeah. those tracks were recorded at the at the I don't know what you would call it. It was like a bill. It was like a big pl- um, uh, space owned by Green Jello. Um, ah, and, or, and, cool. uh, it's, and I, I think that may have been like where they did a lot of like their, their stuff for their music videos and stuff, but they also put on shows cause they were friends obviously cause Ma- Maynard is in the green jello and Danny Carey plays drums on some green jello stuff. But um, yeah, anyway, so yeah, little, little tidbit. Yeah. The, the one thing I'll give, you know, this release, you know, a, the production, I love early nineties feel production wise fucking yeah. love that i love yeah. that stripped back but also spacey thing um but like here's this release's strength sweat right it's kind of surreal hearing tool do three minute songs yeah like and they're very and effective doing three minute songs yeah and i would like to hear more of this you know sprinkle yeah. in some short ones um hush have some funky bass on it Part of me is just, uh, yeah, part of me is just jerky, odd time fun. Uh, 
cold and ugly. Like I said, it's really cool to hear Tool doing something that just feels unapologetically metal sounding. Yeah. Um, great yelling from Maynard on um, Jerk Off. Uh, and finally, you get, you get Opiate, which is vibey and chunky with a secret psychedelic piss take at the end. Yeah. And honestly, like, Opiate, the song, feels like they've laid the groundwork for what's to come. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like I said, this could very easily be in my top three. Mm-hmm. But just the way I was feeling this time around, shockingly... A release from 1992, which, as far as I'm concerned, is the GOAT year-wise. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's fucking great. Yeah. We're in the fucking great zone, as far as I'm concerned, because, <clears throat> like, 10,000 Days, for all its meandering, there's killer shit on that, too. Um, yeah. Really opiate. Really cool. And the only tool release that really has brevity on its side because you can be in and out within a half hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I I, I love that. It's not it's yeah. not it's higher up on my list, obviously. Um, yeah, <laughs> my my number five is Ten Thousand Days from two thousand six, which you've already okay. you've already talked about. You've already said a lot of what I, I kind of feel the same that it does. There are some really strong moments in this album and um i i was i started to think about it while i was listening to it again and um trying to like think in my in my head like a way to equate the feeling of wanting to listen to tool and listening to Ten Thousand days and the best way that i could come up with it was if you went to somebody and said hey could you paint me a very Mm -hmm. intricate painting and they said, sure. And then they give you a complicated math equation instead. And you're just like, <laughs> yeah, still you're imp- not wrong. still impressive. Not what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of like 10,000 days where it, it's presented in a way where like I just the, the scope of it and the and the sound of it, everything. I'm just like, yeah. Great job, but it seems like for me it's 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 a lot of work trying to get through it. Yeah. Um. But I mean, there's de- there's no drop in overall quality. That's the number one thing that I can say for every single one of these albums. That the you know, granted, depending on the time period it came out and you know recording technology and whatnot there's a there everything they've done sounds great to me um can't say shit about that and um i really think that yeah it's so much good shit but once again like i said before i can't i can't remove myself from hearing the the rudiments of the song and once you get most of the way into the album, you're like, oh my God, it's another riff that revolves around the open low string of the guitar. Like everything just has a very similar vibe. And you, for me, you can't just slap an odd time signature on that and expect me to just go, oh, that's fine. It's not fine. It's because at the end of the day, 
you're explaining and that's the weird thing about time signatures is that some people will give time signatures more of a complicated name than it actually is yeah and so and i've never been the person to to like i i i'm pretty much self-taught on guitar never been able to read music on guitar i i learned by ear and you know i can play relatively well i could play everything tool does but you go further than that i probably you know no but um, if I hear an odd time signature, I, I latch onto it and I go, cool, here's, here's what it is. This is the time signature. But then somebody will try to explain that time signature and go, oh no, it's eight fourteenths or some shit. And I'm just like, but is it really? <laughs> because like, yeah. aren't you just making it more complicated? Cause really, if you just simplify it, you know, and break yeah. it up into, into chunks, when you're learning to play the music, it's like. Just because you change the notes, it doesn't mean the beat all of a sudden is extended the entire length of this passage. I mean, yeah. I guess for people people that write music and 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 you know read music and are interested in that aspect of it, it probably makes a lot more sense to them. But to me, I'm, I, it's unnecessary because I'm just like mm. it's because when I listen to it, I go. I know exactly what the time signature is. I could play along with this. It's not yeah. that complicated. Um, there's only a handful of songs I've ever heard in my life that are that are rock, quote unquote, rock music or metal or whatever, that truly have a time signature and the way the riffs are played where I go, what the fuck is going on? There's only a handful yeah. of those that I've ever heard. Everything else is just kind of... Um, uh, uh, I don't know, flower, a flowery uh, masking of something that overall isn't as interesting. And that's why, like, I really, we talked about it when we, when we did the Rush ranking, because Rush were so good at what they did, there were these odd time signatures in songs that for years I never even noticed that there was an odd time signature. And you go back and you actually listen, break it down, and you go, oh, wow, that is, that is a little bit weird. That this song that just seems so straightforward and 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 hooky has this yeah. weird time signature in it. Um, so like that. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter to me. But that's just another thing that isn't necessarily the actual song that is dumped on this pile of like why Tool is amazing. And I'm never going to say that any of those people are wrong. Because if they take those aspects away, is it tool? No, it's not tool anymore. So, uh, mm. so, but when it comes to 10,000 days, there's just not, there's good shit, but there's not enough for me to grab onto for me to say, hey, that's the album I want to go listen to. It's, I look at it like it's a, you know, if I'm listening to an album, it's me standing on one end of a football field and going, oh, I got to run a hundred yards that yeah. way. <laughs> I'm like, I'm too old for that shit. So um, anyway, <laughs> 10,000 days not making any friends um, here. So yeah, number four. Okay, cool. Uh, so wait, num- number four? Number four. Okay. Number four. Oh, my number four. Uh, your okay, your cool. number four. I got a little fucked up there. Uh, so my number four, amazingly, ended up being Undertow this week. And wow. I know, I know. It's it's weird because Undertow is that like one album where 
I've seen a lot of lists where it's either really high or at the bottom. And it's like, yeah, there's very little in between. I find myself feeling like this is like the middle tool album for me. Uh-huh. And mainly because I like it because it's got a different vibe. Yeah. Because it's still very early on. I mean, at the, t- um, at the time it came out, it had a different vibe from everything, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I feel like it's one of the earliest examples of that modern metal sound that would go on to form. You know, there's stuff on this that could oh, come out now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's like, there's so many bands from later on in metal that, that kind of took from what Tool did a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Intolerance, full full on groove metal opener. Prison Sex has some cool sneaky secret agent riffage in this one. Uh, you know, there's that like ding 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 ding, ding like sort of style riffing. Yeah. Um, have I, have I ever shown you that? Um, what's he called? K Mac, that like Scottish guy. Um, makes funny skits related to like metal and that. Maybe it's funny. Uh, he did one where it was how to write a tool song in one minute. And he was like, play smoke on the water, uh, but drop it down to the bottom three strings. Uh, add some odd time signatures to confuse the stoners and then just take LSD and then like, yeah. Yeah, it's just really funny. I'll I'll have to send it to you if I haven't okay. already. But it's it's okay. funny as hell. Um, Sober, the album's big hit. Like this was their breakthrough song, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, bottom, Henry Rollins guest spot, which you know, I think it's a big old thumbs it, up for me. Yeah, and we've got kind of a six degrees thing going on lately because you know each, for some reason, like the last few bands we've covered, like are related in some way and yeah yeah last last band episode we did was black flag and now now we're on tool um and henry Rollins shows up which is fucking awesome yeah th- this uh, was there, there there were a handful of those bands that didn't quite fit in that were all intermingling at that time for me because i remember being like oh my god rollins is on this and i was into the rollins band and then yeah. maynard was on the rage against the machine album and i was just like guys this is, this is cool like it's like all these yeah. all these cool different sounding bands they're all buddies and i'm like that's awesome yeah i mean you know i love it, that it makes sense well, it's like how all of the seattle grunge bands were in everybody's band at some point i mean did yeah <laughs> I've seen I've seen somewhere there was like a diagram where it was like a family tree of like grunge and everyone's been in everyone. <laughs> it's a yeah. I mean, they're like, all there. A lot of them are 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 all connected in some kind of way from either a, a an actual member or a former member or short lived member. Yeah, like there's so many like connections with a lot of those bands. Well, yeah. The pr- prime example is Green River. Green River split off into Mother Love Bone and Mud Honey. Yeah. Uh, then then Mother Love Bone, Andrew Wood died, so Pearl Jam and Soundgarden teamed up. Well, you know, who would go on to be Pearl Jam yeah. and Soundgarden teamed up? And then, of course, then you have Soundgarden and Pearl Jam, which is a 
There's a whole ass lineage and, there. And let's not let's not forget that also for a very short period of time, Jason Everman was in Nirvana, and then he was in Soundgarden. And yeah. so, like, there's that. Yeah, you really could probably connect everybody together. I guess you know it, it is a small area. The Seattle yeah. area is not huge, so I guess it makes. But then sense. you got. But then you got Mad Season. You know, that's a whole other thing. Program that granted, and that Alice in Chains, and but not, yeah. not and, you, and and on that second that first Alice in Chains EP, you've got members of Mud Honey and Soundgarden on that. Yeah, like it's. It's it sounds like a whole other episode we should do at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wink wink. <laughs> but back um, to uh back to Undertow. Yes. Um so we've got Crawl Away, um, which is this vibey, grungy, alt metal track. Uh Swamp Song. I love the prominence of the bass in this band. You know, bass generally speaking is for want of a better word, the most underrated instrument in a band. So when a band goes like whole all in bass driven music, I fucking love that. Yeah. Uh, Undertow has some tasty riffage in it. Um, four or four degrees rather. Four, four degrees, I l- yeah. yeah. Love me some sitar action. Anything that sounds like a sitar. Add that to your list. Sitar. Uh, it's, it's in there. It's okay. in there. I've added it. Um, flood this sprawling dirgy track and the last kind of traditional more rocking track mm-hmm. until you close out with disgustipated which is six minutes 45 of weird but cool song uh and the rest is literal crickets chirping and a secret law message at the end yeah um but you know and, that, and that, it's funny because back in the day you know, obviously, this was 1993. There was no, there wasn't streaming, and and I, yeah, my 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 album collection wasn't huge, so like albums like this, where now I'd probably be like, God, oh, that last song just kind of goes on, but like I would literally sit down with my headphones and listen to every second of that album all the way through to the end. Yeah. Um, so if there was a, if there was a band that was like oh we're gonna have this weird eight minute droney thing but it's not really a song it doesn't matter because I was like I only got thirty albums to listen to I'm listening to this one yeah. like all the way through and <laughs> something beautiful about that about you know you know because you could say that a big reason why I don't have time for Tool now is because I'm spoiled yeah <laughs> with all of the um, shit well yeah I was gonna say prime example that wall of vinyl right there <laughs> yeah i got i have a i have i have a lot to well the 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 great thing is I've listened to everything that's up there minus about six things that are newer but yeah. um but so, but i'm but I do sit down and listen that's another reason why I like listening to vinyl because it's it puts me back in the album um you know mindset and there is no like I don't feel like hearing this one right. I'm going to skip past it. I don't ever do that. I'm not going to get up and lift the needle and try to put it just on the next track. I'm like, nope, this is going to play through the way it's supposed to sound. Yeah. And I love I love that. It's great. But, you know. I was going to ask one-to-one, do you have any, like, skipping issues with vinyl? Because I, I think my turntable is kind of, kind of shitty. Well, it maybe. is, or like, with brand, like brand new stuff, it skips. Yeah, yeah, brand new and old sometimes. Yeah, you, some you, records are just kind of. 
you may need to upgrade your your stylus and and your because it really depends on what what kind of record player is it it's a 1993 Sony stack system. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just try to look up what kind of stylus you need for that and just try to get a try to get an upgrade if it's possible. I don't know about older yeah. uh, turntables, but um, I did that with mine. Um, I, I upgraded every 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 couple of years. I upgrade my stylus to a more expensive one because I, I hate spending a lot of money on equipment and other things like that. Yeah. But little by little, I've upgraded it, and I've noticed that the overall, like if there are any weird issues on albums, sometimes those completely go away with just an upgrade in the stylus. Wow! So um, could be that, but I'm not an I'm not an expert, but you know. Fair, yeah. Vinyl advice. Hey, that's a nice little segment there. Um, but yeah, undertow. Really cool, most stripped back version of Tool that you'll get on like a an LP. Yeah, and it's really cool. It's like a nineties time capsule of the, of the 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 tides turning a little bit in the yeah. heavy music world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's a few like I kind of think of nineteen ninety three and ninety four as like kind of a changing of the guard in terms of like sonic qualities of albums and stuff like that because yeah 1992 all the way up through 1992 in a lot of music you still have some like very 80s production techniques but around 93 94 that's where they started to get killed off a bit and people started going for more dry room sounding albums as opposed to like concert hall reverb vibe yeah um you know and you know, there's some elements of of the '80s production that got a bit played out, but I'm I'm always gonna listen to the original version of Ten. Like, oh, I'm never gonna want to hear it without reverb. You know, yeah, that's no, part no, of the that album for me. That's that's um no, I've 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 heard it once. I've heard the uh, the Brendan O'Brien uh, mixed version of Ten, and it's fine. But it is there's too much nostalgia in that album for me. For me yeah. to, it, I have to hear it the way that it originally sounded, which is my how I feel about a lot of albums. I don't want to hear some remix of it. I want to hear it how it sounded. It's like um, I just got the 30th anniversary of Come On Fill the Lemonheads, and oh, yeah. which mm-hmm. I love that album. But in all the reviews, there's so many people that are like, they didn't even remaster it, and I'm like, no, it doesn't need it. It's on a fight. Yeah. It's so, but all the but remaster people have like I think or have been fooled into thinking that remastering is something that's necessary, and it's not. No. In some cases, rare cases, I would say, sure, an album could maybe use with a remastering. But for the most part, yeah. I'm like, just put it out the way that it sounded. Because it sounds it great. It was fine then, and it's fine now. Yeah, like if you don't, if you didn't like the way it sounded, then why? do you want to buy it? <laughs> it's yeah. so, it's so, it's such a weird thing. That's like, but, but at this point it's a way for record labels to make more money off of an album that they could just repress. But now they can be like, Oh, we're going to get more people in. Cause we're going to say remastered from the original audio tapes. And it's like, well, the original one was mastered from the original audio tape. So just, yeah, just yeah. repress that. But anyway, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's another, uh, another vinyl 
gripe that I have where, but I don't, I don't want that. If it was up to me, every single reissue would have a plain vanilla. Like this is just a repressing of the original one in case you don't own it. And I'd be like, boom, thank you very much. You know? And here's, here's my thing as well, right? Remastered. Sure. Remixed. You're pushing your luck and re-recorded. Just don't do it. You're never going to capture the magic of of the original thing you've put out. I understand that if it's a shitty record contract that you're in and you're forced to make it, sure. But don't also then remove the original version and then only ever release the re-recorded version. It's like you're bastardizing your own fucking legacy. Stop it! Yep. <laughs> and the problem is that some people will never know the difference. They'll just think that's how these albums sound. And I'm just like, oh, it's so sad. But, and I don't, th- and I will no, say, I w- go ahead. Uh, you go first because I, I can. I was just going to say, like, I, I would hope that, that eventually it comes to an end, but so many people seem to put so much stock into remastering that I'm just like, yeah, it's just going to keep going and I'm just going to have to traverse the waters of remastered albums and shit, you know? Yeah, it's it's like with me, one example where I was like, okay, maybe I would rather listen to this than that version. There's there's two there's two Megadeth albums that I point to, where it's like the original's better or the remaster is better, um, and so Cryptic Writings, the original is by far the superior superior version. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas for me. I never heard the original version of So Far So Good So What. So oh. I've always heard I've always heard the remastered version of that. Yeah. But that album always had notoriously shitty production. So like I've only ever heard the remaster and that's mm-hmm. like one of very few examples where I would actually probably take the newer version over the old. Yeah. However, that However, that being said, I'm almost always going to go for the original in most cases. But yeah. like the, the the Megadeth remasters are an interesting example of of overdoing oh shit, yeah. like rewriting history basically. Yeah. The yeah, I like the way so far so good so what sounds, um but it's just because it sounds it just sounds like a time period and a and a kind of production. I I I really wish that people would look at music the way they look at like old movies. Because for yeah, because now them, because because for a long time they people were trying to like colorize black and white movies and all this stuff, and for the most part it's just they're 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 classic because they're from that era and they look like that, and I just yeah. think that with music it should be looked at the same way like it's it it you know sure so far so good so what doesn't sound great, but I. None of it bothers me. I put that album on and yeah. I 100% enjoy it no matter what. So I, I I guess that it doesn't really affect me at all. I'm really worried about the day that um, people start feeding 80s movies into AI oh, and, and have it look like it was shot in 2023. I don't want an 80s movie to look like it was shot in 2023 because in a minute when the soundtrack fires up it's going to be this like fucking audio visual dissonance of what the fuck am i looking at yeah you know i don't i don't want the breakfast club to look like it was shot in hd it was shot in 1985 and it should stay that way you know 
Yes. I'm, I'm not saying that new movies that have to come out have to look like that. I'd probably like if a director was bold enough to get oh. together a thing and have it look authentically like like shot on those like old cameras and that. Yeah, whenever whenever a movie comes out and it has like you know an overall like aesthetic thing where it's a certain type like they've affected the film or they've made it look a certain yeah. way. I always enjoy that so much more because I I'm like, we have the technology now that you could literally set the mood of your movie in any way, making it look, yeah. you know, fucking with the colors, fucking with the, you know, film grain, quote unquote, or whatever. Um, I, I just, I, so I love it when directors do that or, or, you know, editors, whoever the fuck is the one that makes the decision in that. But, um, and I, and it makes me enjoy movies more like, like that, yeah. that is a way to get me into a movie. If I see a trailer and I go, Oh, this looks really stylized and interesting, and and that to me, because I'm like, even if the movie isn't great, I, I might enjoy the aesthetics of it all. But um, for sure, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but then there are younger people, you know, much even even much younger than you, that are probably yeah. they they when they buy a new TV, they leave it with that weird smoothing thing on, so everything looks like oh, a soap I, opera. Uh, <laughs> I, hate, I hate it. I hate that. Like, I hate it's, it too. It's, it's it gives me that like uncanny valley feeling, you know, where it's like this isn't what when, this isn't even what real life looks like. When I, whenever I, I, I that, that's you know, there's many reasons why I don't uh, hang out with people, but one of them is <laughs> if somebody invites me over to their house and they have a TV on and I can see that that smoothing shit is on, it takes everything in me to stop myself from just grabbing the remote and being like, I'm gonna fix this, I'm gonna fix this. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. this is not what it's supposed to look like. No. But, but but once again, I think if you buy a TV and your primary primary uh, primary that's the word your primary focus <laughs> is watching like sports, sure maybe you want things to be like I'm at the game, you know it's really clear and and everything. But I'm, that's not me, so I just it, it but it really bugs me, and I know that it shouldn't. Mm. There are so many things that just bug me, and if I take a step back, I go. Uh, Stephen, the average person is not bothered it by doesn't, this, but it do, I just, am. Just get over yourself and shut up. <laughs> but uh, uh, but I guess I wouldn't be me if I didn't have those little ex ex eccentricities or whatever is that was that the word? Yeah, eccentricities. Yeah, quirks. I got I got words in there. Um, <laughs> are we still are we still doing? Are you uh, are you done with undertow? Yeah, I'm wrapped up on Undertow. We need we need to cool. we need to get this show on the road. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, no, we're gonna do we're gonna make this last a long time. In fact, I'm this this review is gonna be just like a tool song, so it's gonna be like this. All right, ready? My, 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 my number, 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 number. Four, 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 four. Album, 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 album. Is, is, is. You see what I'm see what I'm saying? Like there was no need for it to be that long. <laughs> Anyway, my number four is uh <laughs> I don't know what Eddie is doing. We've become a completely different band now. I don't know what this is. Stop him, folks. Cranked and ranked. I ate a pizza before we 
started recording. That was very deep. Um, my number. <laughs> we should put like an interlude between every ranking. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Oh, what a fucking <laughs> mess that would be. <laughs> yeah. No, I know my number four is uh, Lateralis from two thousand one. Oh um, shit! Uh, They're gonna uh, come to your house. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, this was this was my jumping off point with Tool because they mm. they there had been a little bit of a gap, you know, before this album, and when it came out, I just did not have time for this. <laughs> I was mm. so when some of it's really fucking good. I think that's probably what ma- what made me jump off the the Tool bandwagon at this point was because the the highs are really high and the lows hmm. are pretty low. Um, but when it comes <laughs> to overall quality, once again, it's there. It sounds fucking great. It's very well done. But yeah. um, at this point, they've they've shed so much of what made them fully engaging to me that I it, this is going to sound petty, probably uh, this saying it this way, but it sounds like. Tool came back with a new album and it sounds like they have a lot of money and they don't really okay. need you know they they sound like now they're rich <laughs> this is rich tool now you know you could say the word rich and it's relative um because none of them are fucking Elon Musk or whatever but um <laughs> but it, it for something about it it just sounds like rich dudes in a room that are spending a lot of time talking about wine and and <laughs> the actual yeah. songwriting is more like that part's good can we do that for 10 minutes you know kind of thing um but all right um it's the latter house is so frustrating for me because there are so many examples and you could point to this album and go, "Hey, this is a this is a progression for Tool," and I would agree with you one hundred percent. Just not progressing in the way that I want, so I know this is a personal thing. Um, mm. But it is expanding their sound, so I can't fault them for that. And, uh, and there's so much on this album. Um, I'll just single out Parabola as an example of something that's so fucking good. Where like you play me that song, and I'm like. Yeah, like fuck everything else when Parabola is on, you know, mm. um, but uh, I, I just I, at the time I it really. I was you know, after hearing the album, I bought it when it came out and after hearing it, I was just like, I don't really feel like listening to this again. And I never went what? back to it. And and over the years, I've gone I've listened to it again, just randomly. And I have the same feeling where like some of it is so good and some of it I just think doesn't, it's not what I want when I go listen to Tool. So it's so easy for me within a handful of, well, not a handful, within a couple songs in this album for me to go, you know what? I'm going to put Anima or Anima, you know, fuck them for that title. And, um, and, uh, or Undertow on because that's what I want because that's, Hmm. I came on board with Tool with that, and that's what I fell in love with, and that's what was impactful for me. This is not impactful for me. So obviously, if I was, 
you know, 15 years old when this album came out, I'd probably feel a lot different. But mm. my my gripes about this album are not that it's not a progression and it's not good quality and it's not impressive in many ways. It's just that it's moving away from what I felt made Tool not only unique, but also, I guess the best word is engaging because there's there's a disconnect now with what they're doing. Mm. And um, my disconnect is thousands, hundreds of thousands of other people's connection. And I understand that. <laughs> but it's but it, it really was at the time pretty disappointing because it's it sounds like something that if you just cut things here and there and pasted things here and there, it would be fantastic. But mm. there's there's just so much about it where I just go, this is not this is not what I want. And um so I, I had to put it at number four. I thought about putting this one higher. Just, you know, trying to be a little more objective or whatever. But no, man, stay true to how you feel. Yeah, like it's that. really it's really hard with some bands that are that were and are very important to me because of a certain chunk of music they made um, to yeah. divorce myself from that feeling. And um, and I tried. I listened to it again. And man, some of it is I'm telling you, some of it is so good. Um, yeah. But no, but overall, um, the other three, the three, the first three things tool put out to me are the best tool. So that's how they ended up. Fair. I definitely, I have it higher, but, mm -hmm. um, I can see how it is. I, I do get the rich man's tool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that was not fair. That. That's not fair, but, yeah. that, but that's what but, I feel. Well, he, he, here's the, I think what it is is that people have elevated lateralis to legendary status. Like sure. it's the number one spot for for most of the outlets that I've scanned, just uh -huh. to get a feel for you know the general fan um, feelings, as I do with every band. Uh, you know, scan a few lists, compare them to mine, see if I'm looking at things uh, a little myopically, or if I or if I am right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like. It, it really it's one of those things where it's either a jumping off point or the culmination of everything that led to it mm -hmm. um and the people that love lateralis will s swear by it like it's the fucking bible yeah and then there's people who are like okay this is where they started to fillet themselves a little yeah. um they, uh, as, as, uh, as, as Howard H. Smith would put it, they started to disappear up their own asses a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it, I, I get both sides of the, of the argument, but yeah. Yeah. So that's that your number four. Yeah. Yeah. That's my number four. Cool. So I'm going to jump straight into my number three, which is the latest offering fear inoculum. Okay. And I saw them on this tour. Yeah. You know, well, well, three years later after the pandemic had died down. Um, I, yeah, I feel like this album came out right before the pandemic. I feel like it was a matter okay. of months, maybe. Let me have a look. Let me see if I can. Uh, where is it? It was, it was 2019, Did, but I but I, re, I think it was the fall of 2019, maybe. 
Let's have a look here. Uh, released August 30th, so like right at the end of the summer. So yeah, this had like... <laughs> it had about like six, six months. <laughs> six months of, of normality left before the yeah. world completely shut down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, Fear Inoculum, huge epic opener. Really love how spacey and atmospheric the sound of this album is. Mm-hmm. Um like all of their albums are atmospheric, but this one in particular just sounds fucking fantastic. And yeah. normally I have a lot of gripes about how modern metal sounds, but this one Oh yeah. They're, uh, when it, no, there's they 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 are their their production of their stuff is always like absolute class to me. Like just mm. the way that it's presented. Yeah. Like even Lateralis that came out in two thousand and one a notoriously shitty era for <laughs> yeah. albums to sound. Yes. Um, it sounds great. Um, but yeah, Fear Inoculum, huge epic opener. Numa, awesome. Love it. Love the atmosphere. Uh, Litany Contre Le Perd is it's probably a, some sort of prank. You know, it's, it, it, knowing that they put a German sugar cookie recipe on uh, <laughs> one of their albums. Yeah. I'm probably getting punked right now. It's a little interlude. Invincible, for me, is the highlight of the album. Like, I hadn't actually listened to this album until I'd seen the band live um, it, last year with, um, obviously, with Callum. And... The the first time I heard this song, I looked at him like, oh, yeah, like, but it's it's not in like a cliche metalcore like, it's just really straight, like, oh, love it. Simplicity groove is. Mm. the pantera route me likey legion inoculant is another like uh in, uh, interlude bit descending's cool culling voices is cool um chocolate chip trip is basically a showcase for danny Carey's incredible drumming uh tempest spelt with a seven uh as the t uh groovy riffs are plenty and uh mocking beat is animal noises heavily affected um it's an awesome fucking collection of great sounding stuff. Um, and I really like it. I do think some of the song lengths definitely read like, ah, fuck. Well, people didn't like all the interludes, so we're just going to call them parts of the song yeah. and have all the songs be 10 plus minutes, but okay, cool. But for me, I... I really found myself enjoying, above all else, how this album sounds, and some of the songs on there just really hit. Like when they, when they do, I feel like this is how to come back after thirteen years with the highlights of this album mm-hmm. and how it sounds. And I love all of the really cool, like new percussive stuff that Danny Carey is still adding to this day. Mm-hmm. Like all those, like those. It's almost like a synthwave clap. Like, yeah. really cool stuff. Um, 
like we said, like there's no real wrong answer to this because it's all great stuff yeah. as far as we're concerned. Yeah, it's I mean, just there's a, there, varying. There's a part of me that feels like of, somebody needs yeah. to take me to a Tool concert. Any Tool fan out there want to come pay for me to go to a Tool concert? Because may, maybe that'll change it, my mind about a lot of these things, you know? Because I haven't seen them uh, live since the '90s. So, what did they do? Um, like stage show wise back then it would, they, would have been pretty stripped play, back they played their songs on a stage yeah 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 see see this one that i don't know if you've ever seen it it's like a like a giant net over the top of them and like all their like artwork and music videos sort of artwork is projected onto them and they kind of play in the shadows and it's uh it's a pretty damn unique way of playing live definitely definitely something um, that wouldn't look good on a youtube video but probably is pretty damn cool while you're there it's really cool while you're there yeah yeah for sure um but yeah that being said fear inoculum really cool great sounding album and uh great great little standout moments on it i've obviously got it higher than you but again it, you know what it, this it, is this is related but i it's not tool but it's related but for some reason this just, just this just reminded me of this so i i don't remember what year it came out do you remember when the first perfect circle album came out was it the oh, late 90s 2000, or early 2000 i think i think it might be like 2000 2001 let me have a look look at that i think it perfect may have been 2000 circle. 99 or 2000 i want to say but um I saw I I went to go see them on the tour for that album because I was actually really into that first Perfect Circle album. I thought it was really good. I still think it's it's really good, but I just remember the way that the show started. And I wish I I, I have to go look this up because I don't know if anybody ever filmed it, but like like the, the it's kind of like a dark stage, and then there's some spotlights, and if I remember right, there's a table and two women sit down at the table and start playing cards and it becomes very clear that they're playing strip poker and they Uh. each start taking off parts of their clothing. Like this is happening live on stage and everyone's like, "Woo!" you know? And then, I mean, there's, this is, this is one of those things where I go, did I dream this or was this really how they started their show? (laughs) So, and then at one point, obviously it gets to the point where one of them is about to take a bra off She's taking her bra off. The lights go down and it almost feel like it was a split second. All of a sudden they're gone and the band's there and they start playing. And I just remember being like, that's fucking impressive. Um, yeah. But, I, but now, but now like 25 years later, I almost, you know, there's my brain goes, was that real? Did I make that up in my head? Is that the way that the perfect, the perfect circle started their show? <laughs> <laughs> if you saw that tour, tell me did, was that did, did that actually happen? That was in Austin, uh, Austin, Texas, when I saw them. But um, I'm being a naughty boy and googling a perfect circle strip poker. It was. Is it? I, is it can you watch it? Is it out there? Don't know. As far as I'm, as far as I can tell, I've just got a screen full of chips with boobs on them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, nah, no luck right. yet. But I'm, I'm gonna we'll do a little work. Down. But if whoever's watching this, if you went to that first Perfect Circle tour, do I remember that correctly? Because that's that's a memory I have. Anyway, um, yeah, 
Are we on to my number three now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Over to you. My number three is Opiate from 1992. Uh, their their debut EP. Uh, I'll be quick cool. about this because you already kind of talked about it. I heard this after I heard Undertow because I became a very big fan of Undertow, and then I went back and bought this. Um, cool. And, and um, I'll get to my first concert experience with Tool a little bit later. But the first song they played live when I saw them was Cold and Ugly, which is that's a nice. fucking amazing opener right there. Yeah. Um, but uh, and and for a long time, like uh, on on access television in Austin, the, the show I would watch where they would play a lot of uh, lesser known music videos, they would play the video for Hush all the time, which if you haven't seen the video, it's like the band members are naked. But they have like parental advisory labels over their genitals and, and uh, butts right. and they're and it's just a slow motion them walking and then turning around and it backing up and you seeing the band and then all if I remember right then they start foaming at the mouth but they're all just kind of standing there foaming at the mouth um, nobody yeah. no no band playing no lip syncing or anything it, that's just the whole video um, I think I might have a long time ago but it's I got it's got to be on YouTube out there but oh yeah but anyway this is like very stripped back tool um. And uh, it, they would easily improve on every aspect of what is Tool. But you made a good point about the actual song Opiate. It kind of feels like they've already pretty much laid the groundwork of like the Tool sound. And that's mm. impressive in itself because they were yeah. a young band who already sounded so unique with what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, there were other bands that I guess you could lump them in with at the time, but I think the overall combination of what those four dudes were doing at the time uh, that they, they really stood out um didn't they get signed after like seven shows or something crazy i mean could be i don't know but i mean if that if this is like you know just just hearing those two live tracks i'm like man they were powerful yeah. and great live early on so um but yeah i put it at number three because i love it and i love the sound of this but i, I you know that as much as i you know i would i would criticize the tool fans that are perfectly okay with a lot of the sameness and drawn out shit. I also would criticize the person that's like, opiates the best thing they ever did. I'd be like, ah, dude, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not the best thing they ever did, but it is very good. And, uh, I, and I very much enjoy it. So I put it at number three. So, hmm. uh, moving on to our top two. Okay. So, uh, I guess my number two is lateralis. Man, we are 100% different on this list. Isn't that what Black Flag was like, too? Weren't we completely different on that list? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting one. Yeah. For yeah. sure. But, like, it, it's it, their discography starts right at the end of, like, my golden era of, like, I would say, like, my, my area of expertise is, like, 84 to 94. Yeah. So they come in, like, right at the end of that. So I don't really have any biases attached to Tool, so sure, it can yeah. be a little bit more, okay, what did I just like more about this than I did that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whereas this came out in 1992. That means it's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I need to turn off some of my uh, biases for some bands, but this one, I can be a bit more free-flowing with it. Mm-hmm. Lateralis, I mean... I know it's your kind of stepping off point, but f- for me, 
I was introduced to this album pretty much like right after Anima. So I, I was kind of like, this is fucking cool. It's a bit different to Anima, but it's clearly them doing some really cool stuff. Uh, you got The Grudge, this like explosively epic opener. Um, then immediately after you've got this like short little interlude called Eon Blue Apocalypse. Then you get The Patient, which I have described as plinky plonky, holy shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, see, like a lot of Tool songs do that thing where it's like, but down, down, count. Like, yeah. 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 I love that. Like, really explosive. I, I love when they do those, like, quiet, loud, quiet things. You know, yeah. I mean, they're a, they're a band of the 90s, so of course they do that, but this band in particular does it very well. Mm -hmm. um, Mantra is an interlude. Schism is one of the iconic Tool songs at this point. You know, every bass player I've ever met is like, hey, I can play this. Oh, I mean, the number of times that like warming up at a band practice, I've just played it on guitar. Like it, cause it is, it's, it's fun to play it. Um, yeah. Not necessarily hard to play, but, um, well, I mean, it doesn't seem hard to me anyway, but um, but mm. it is it's very fun, and so like I'll just be warming up the guitar, tuning it, and I'll just go, you know, <laughs> very fun. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those that's like it just catches everybody ear, everybody's ear, and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Like, <laughs> but then you get Parable, uh, which is an interlude-ish kind of track into Parabola. Mm-hmm which is the main event this song's fucking awesome yeah um ticks and leeches i absolutely love the drum work on this song mm -hmm. is insanely good yeah danny Carey is a beast uh lateralis the title track is killer uh disposition is kind of vibey reflection now i get lost in reflection like this is a prime example of tool doing something kind of drawn out but it's got all the ingredients there where I'm like, okay, I can, I can, I can vibe with this for the next 10 or so minutes. This yeah, is really yeah. cool. Um, yeah, and it's got some heavy moments in it too. Triad is groovy and, uh, Fape de Oid, Oid, Fap de Oid. Yeah. One last interlude type thing. Really, it's, it's a really well-crafted album, but, I definitely get that it's a stylistic shift where they went from being this cool um, alternative metal thing to we're prog metal now and we're, yeah. you know, I can, I can see how the shift is one of, ah, well, the focus isn't on my preferred side of things, but... I like lateralis because it's lateralis, but I like my number one because my number one is particularly, particularly tasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, which, <laughs> which is my number two, which is uh, hey. enema, enema, enema. You know, every time I say that uh, that album title, I always say fuck them for naming it that. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I've been saying that I've been saying that since 1996. Um, 
so there so there was a big build up to this album for me because I was a huge Tool fan and and um, I worked at I worked at Best Buy in the music department around this time back when yeah. there were music departments and stores like that. I guess we're getting we're getting back to that a little bit now um, at some stores, yeah. but um. And uh, I I remember like you know it was one of those releases that I was so excited and we we were selling also these limited edition picture discs with uh, I'm trying to remember what the songs were that was on I don't have it anymore um, but I remember I was so excited like I had like hidden away a copy of the album and one of those so on the day of release I could get it nobody was gonna it weren't they weren't gonna sell out I was gonna buy one and so I did. Um, and um, f- funny enough, a funny story about this one is that the day that that album was released was the first day I ever got a traffic ticket um, while driving. Wow! Um, and and it's I don't it's always going to be burnt in my memory because I was at work. I got off work in the middle of the afternoon. I was driving in my in my car, and I had the Tool CD and that and that picture disc in my seat, ready to go go home and, and listen to it. And um, all of a sudden, right as I'm pulling up to my house, when I parked on the street at my parents' house, a cop pulls up right behind me. And I'm like, that's weird. Like, I, what is he doing? Because, like, I, I'm, I'm parking. And I literally was already yeah. getting out of the car when he was pulling up. And I'm just like, what? Okay. And the cop comes yeah. over to me and he says... Uh, says do do you know why i i pulled you over which i hate it when cops do that shit because i'm all like yeah i don't know because i'm young and i'm black and my hat's real low do i look like a mind reader sir i don't know anyway (laughs) um uh thanks jay-z um but uh and i was like i was like no and he goes well you you failed to stop completely while turning right on that red light back there and i i remember just looking at him like all right are you serious? Like you didn't even have to do any work for this. I pulled over myself (laughs) (laughs) and the cop was still just like, you know, I I thought, well, like, Oh, okay. But I thought surely that's a warning, but I know, I know this motherfucker saw my long hair and I was all, you know, I looked grungy at the time. Um, and he, he wrote me a ticket for not stopping completely while turning right on a red light, which I don't know if those same laws are work in England where, if there's a red light and you have to stop completely and then you can turn right if the light is red. Um, but I guess for you guys, it would I, be left. It would be, be left, left, yeah. Anyway. I, I'm not sh- I'm not sure how, like, I'm not sure. I know that some, I know that some of our red lights have, like, a little green arrow, like, extra green light. Our, where ours it's do like, too, yeah. Yeah, where it's like, hey, look, it's red going straight, but if you want to go left, you can. Um, yeah, for us, if it's red, if it's fully red, there's no green arrow at all or anything, and you're turning right, which essentially means just from street to street, you're not crossing over anywhere, you still yeah. have to stop completely, like you would at a four-way stop or something like that. Yeah, I think that's less of a thing over here because we've got so many roundabouts. That Yeah. So... Like but, nine times out of ten, they'll they'll opt for the for the roundabout as opposed yeah. to an intersection. So that so that being said, I got a ticket for a stupid reason, and the cop didn't have to do any work whatsoever. Um, yeah. But whatever, I got home and I listened to a- Anima, Anima, Anima. How much? How much? Uh, how much was the ticket? 
Um, well, you fine. well you have the option here to take defensive driving, which is a class that you go to, um, uh, where you basically just go through a session of a of a driving class, and you take a test, and if you do that, you don't have to pay anything. I don't know if that's the same way uh, now. Okay. I haven't had a ticket in such a long time, um, but that's what I did at the time. I ended up taking this defensive driving course. But um, anyway, uh, Anima was, it took a little bit for me to get into it because mm. it's not, it doesn't have the immediate punch that Undertow has. It has some of it, but they definitely started to fuck with dynamics a lot more, which is, you know, which would yeah. become the name of the game for Tool. But um, even, even, even then, though, listening to the album at, at that point, I still was overall listening to it thinking, man, this is a huge step forward for this band. Because I just, just remember thinking yeah. they've totally expanded what they're doing. And there's still a little bit of that thing that I love, you know, not a little, there's a good amount of what I loved from undertow on this album as well. But, uh, but they've, they, they really expanded what they were doing and I was very impressed with it at the time. I still am pretty impressed with it. Um, but at however many years later, almost 30 years later, um, listening to this album, I can hear just as many things that are inferior as I can hear things that are superior. So it's a very mm. weird album for me because there are parts of it where I go, there's no denying that this is an improvement in a whole lot of ways from undertone. Mm. Um, but I, but they start, this is the beginning of them because on Undertow, they still fuck with dynamics where there are parts where there's extended parts. I mean, the, the, a good example is the middle of the song Bottom, where it's very mm. mellow and it's just Henry Rollins doing his Rollins thing, you know. Um, but this is the album where all of a sudden I feel like in certain spots there were things where they it was extended to where I like they could have cut a minute off of that or so. Um so they're starting to go down that path of we're leaning into this side of the dynamics a little bit more. And I, and I get it because by 1996 having dudes like me being in your, into your band, everybody hated me. That was the, that was the thing that <laughs> fucking sucked is there were so many bands that I loved, but you would see interviews with these bands and who were they talking shit about me? They were all, they were yeah. Yeah, like, like no effects didn't like metal people that were into them. Tool didn't like metal people that were into them. You know, they, I don't think they flat out said that, but you got the, that, 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 I don't know, that feeling. Yeah. But there was a whole lot of bands like that. They were very quick to be like, fuck these people. And I'm like, that's me. <laughs> and you know, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the metal guy, but at the same time, I appreciate all these things. Um, and so, uh, but I feel like that, I felt that a little bit in the album, but, um, when it comes to, I think the tool that most people love, like, I think this is like the beginning of that, the, the them really stepping into the direction of, um, 
I, I, I don't know what, what, the, what, it, what exa- I ran out of words. Thanks tool. Um, <laughs> it's great. Like, that's the thing overall. Like it's, I, it, to me, it's an unfuckwithable album, but, but like I said, I'm bringing my personal, um, enjoyment into it and listening to these albums all in a row, listening to undertow, um, to be fair, undertow hasn't aged where I think it's fucking perfect. But following that with this, some of it is so great. And then some of it I go, ah, the, this is this is stepping <laughs> into that direction where I go, they, they need to wrap wrap this song up right now. And then I have to wait another three minutes for the song to wrap up. Um, yeah. So um, but sometimes like the actual song enema or whatever, um, that's one of the songs, right? Why the fuck am I blanking? We've been talking for too long. <laughs> whatever that song is there's a song that really has an ex- extended section that i think is perfectly fucking done um yeah so anyway whatever so the one that goes that one that one arizona bay i've always called it arizona bay um but it's not called that have you ever heard that um have you ever heard that parody that someone did? Like they've done a, they've even done it with an AI vocoder sort of thing, or they've just done a really good Maynard James Keenan impression. Uh-uh. But they've taken Anima and put like the lyrics to um, <laughs> Apple Bottom Jeans to it, and it's so <laughs> fucking funny. Shot at Apple Bottom Jeans, boots with the fur. The whole club was looking at her, and she <laughs> so, next thing you know, shawty. So, so little, little did you know, um, your microphone. <laughs> started farting right at the beginning hold on it made it so much better it's almost it almost like it waited for you to start doing that and then you heard it creep in and creep in a little more and a little more um and now it's starting to leave this is one of the interesting things that this is that this is the interlude ready do it now Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty it's much going? It's going away now. Yeah. Okay, cool. Anyway, uh, the, the, I love it when that sneaks into an actual episode where we know we're going to keep it in. Um, yeah. I don't know why these, these wonderful Yeti Nano mics have these weird quirks about them where it's like, oh, just for a few seconds, we're going to have some of this weird farty distortion <laughs> shit and then it goes away and then everything's fine again. It's weird. I've um, thought about us. Uh, I've thought about us like maybe getting a sponsorship or something, but I'm just <laughs> really dubious as to whether or not that's going to work now. Because it's like a running gag on this show that every now and again it gets like diarrhea. Yeah, yeah. Like they work great. It's just every now and again I think it's something to do with how I have my computer set up that it just. I I don't know because my mine did that for a little while too, and then all of a sudden it stopped. So I don't know. Yeah. But anyway. Yeti Nano, they're fantastic. Um, Fan-fucking-tastic. Pay us. But, uh, yeah, I don't really have much else to add with Enema because I feel like I'm trying to over-explain it, and it co- it just comes down to the fact that 
I fell in love with a band doing a specific thing and they started to move away from that thing. And even though I, I arguably the album is better, it's, you know, I have my, my gripes about it, but it's a fucking classic at this point. And it had to go at number two, but, um, it's not my number one, but like I have, I have a little bit of gripes about my number one as well. So that'll, we'll get there eventually, but that leads us in to you talking about the same album, um, yep. which is your number anima, one. Anima, Anima is my number one. Uh, and uh, let's, just, let's just start calling it Anima. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Um, uh, is, all night. Uh, uh. <laughs> 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 just, just thought of like, either, either Paul Stanley in Tool, or... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! Shut it! <laughs> no, it'd be like it'd be like. All right, he doesn't do that anymore. I see. I saw footage of him recently. He, I don't think he really does that anymore. But man, back in the who are you to <laughs> wave your finger? <laughs> Dude, you must have been like, out of your head. You must have had a little bit of taste of alcohol. <laughs> I know you like the taste of vodka and orange juice. <laughs> um, uh, this, uh, that's the kind of, see, those are the things like, like it's all great seeing <laughs> these videos where they make James Hetfield sing Britney Spears and all that stuff. Cause I love it. Yeah. But that's what I really want. Like, like let's put Paul Stanley in tool and things like that. Cause that just, that would be uh, brilliant. Uh, it's going to happen. Everyone's going to fuck with everything in every conceivable way possible to where it, all of a sudden nobody's going to care anymore. But you know, dude, I, I saw one the other day. I don't know if I sent it to you or not, but they had put, um, SpongeBob and King Julian <laughs> from Madagascar over It Wasn't Me. And all of like the, you know, more melodic parts were, you know, obviously SpongeBob. Yeah. How could I forget that I had given her an extra key? <laughs> and then it's like, <laughs> you know, all of the, I can't remember any of the shaggy parts, but like King Julian comes in with like, I'm just going to gibberish my way through. It's like, it's just so fucking funny. Like yeah. it just works so well, but oh man, that's the main thing that's like made me think, okay, maybe, maybe this AI thing ain't too bad. Um, it's going to get, it's going to get worse. It's, yeah. it's going to get to the point where we're going to see so many problems evolving yeah. out of AI. And yeah. um, I'm just curious about how far it's going to go. Yeah. So, I'm, um, I'm concerned mainly more in the, how accurate was Terminator with the timeline? Uh, because we're closing in on 2029. And I remember that being a, particularly important date in the first movie wasn't it like that was when i don't i can't remember i can't remember i just remember like the opening shot of the first terminator or is it the second where it's like uh it's like los angeles 2029 that probably is the first one yeah yeah fucking scary yeah, I yeah. Uh, I mean I I don't think it, that's exactly going to happen. I think it's going to be more we're going to have some sort of, well, I don't know about overseas, but in America, we're going to have some sort of probably a social um, uh, crumbling of 
that's that where where normal ass folk and technology is it's gonna that's gonna yeah. cause <laughs> some awful shit well, um, like, but maybe uh, not maybe i'm wrong i mean i i think the fact that we now have um ai girlfriend apps paints a very sad <laughs> picture of where we're at it's like man come on <laughs> I mean, I mean, some people, if that keeps them off the streets hurting people, then sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, enjoy your AI girlfriend. She's, you know, I don't know. Yeah, man. Like, sex robots are a decade away, I hope. <laughs> I think, that, well, they already have, you know, real dolls and all that kind all right, of stuff. All right, okay. Affordable sex robots. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're right. We've, we've looked into it. They're not affordable. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, don't those real dolls go for something like six grand not that i've not that i've been looking i it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me at all but at the at the end yeah. of the day like I'm, i don't get off on having sex with a corpse and so that's how it would feel for oh. me because it's oh, like yeah. well you, this is just a hunk of of prosthetic whatever it's yeah. it's very strange i mean I, maybe i'm lucky that i don't i don't desire that yeah, you know, I don't know. Anyway, that's a different that's a different story altogether. It's a whole other <laughs> debate on ethics at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, stink fist, absolute banger to kick things off. Yeah. And like, here's the thing as well. I feel like once you've been a Tool fan for a while, or at least a fan of this song, you forget how abrasive the title stink fist actually is. Yeah. Like. Like I just think to myself, oh hell yeah, you ever heard this song? It's called Stink Fist, and everybody's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you, you disgusting <laughs> pervert?" Yeah, it's like, it's like, and I'm I'm just there like, no, no, it's a really good song. It's like it's a song about fisting, and I'm like, kinda. You could argue it's about the, uh, it's a more philosophical <laughs> philosophical take on being fisted. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is. The song is called Stink Fist, and it's a great song. Um, and granted, Tool didn't play it when I saw them, but Brass Against <laughs> did. And that was uh, that was good fun. Nice. You know, hearing brass instruments going... Like, groove. Me likey. Uh, Eulogy. This track has a lot to say. Hmm. It also has a two-minute-long plinkety-plink intro in a killer chorus. You see what? I, yeah, see what I'm saying? Like that killer chorus. That that lead-in. That lead-in takes a little bit of time. Once you've heard the song a bunch of times, it's like yeah, let's wrap it up. <laughs> it's like come on. Yeah, that could have easily been halved, if not quartered in length. Yeah, but you know, but but they the, were, but you know, you you, you they're dealing, pushing the boundaries. They're, they're fucking with dynamics, and I understand you're setting this mood, and then you're then you're. It, it, I understand why they do the things they do. I'm just disagreeing yeah. with it being enjoyable for me. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I will say, though, I like the... Yep. You, apparently, you really like it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop now. That's my, uh, you, that, that makes it sound like it's some kind of song from the Muppet show or something. I was literally thinking the fucking Muppets <laughs> when I was doing it. I, was, I, I saw myself in the little window and I thought, oh my God, I look like a Muppet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, H. 
full stop. Yep. Love the vibiness of this track. Uh, and this is where we enter a trend that, um, as far as I, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Tool didn't need to do, but uh, we're here. We've arrived at Interlude Land. Yeah. Uh, with Useful Idiot, which is some static noise. Which leads into probably my favorite Tool song next to Stink Fist, 46 and 2. Fucking love that song. Yep. Incredible. Love every second of it. Um, you get Message to Harry Mann back. Uh, a funny rant with, uh, with some dramatic moody piano accompaniment. Now, this interlude I found entertaining. Yeah. Um, Hooker with a Penis. What a song title and what a song awesome it's it, it, it's uh, i so, sometimes i hear that song and i go eh, they're they're talking about me like i didn't yeah. I, I didn't i didn't call them a sellout but i'm all like ah, i like that earlier stuff better and now like every time if they play that song live they're gonna be like old head this song's about old head fuck you buddy <laughs> anyway yeah <laughs> uh it'd be about me too to be fair but uh intermission a fun little organ version of the motifs in Jimmy, mm-hmm. which is some bendy ass goodness. Um, uh, Die Isle von Satan uh, is a cookie recipe with a deliberately menacing fascistic tone. <laughs> yeah. Um, push it uh, is a vibey, chunky epic. Uh, Cesaro, some ability. Instant skip from me. The demented baby noises are a no from me. The, the, <laughs> the moment, like the the moment baby noise enters, uh, it, it just I don't know what it is. I I think it's probably because of my fucked up birth where I tried to come out the wrong way. Baby babies just freak me out. Like the the fragility does, of does of your a girlfriend baby. know this? <laughs> yes, is she? I don't know. I don't know about your relationship, but she may. You, you may need to tell her. <laughs> she she wants some less than I do. Out. Okay, all right, good. Then you're yeah. all good. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. Yeah, she didn't. She won't find out from the show. <laughs> um, it, oh yeah, we get uh, anima or anima. Um, uh, <laughs> go up to just a random tall fan and you're like, hey, you're like, Unuma. and they're going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's the way it's actually pronounced. They talked yeah, about yeah, it on Cranked and Ranked. That weird ass uh, hybrid AE uh, actually goes, <laughs> imagine if you could convince them that that's actually how it was said. They just went off and just started going, Unuma. <laughs> I mean, really, it's all, it's, you can, you can assign any, any uh, pronunciation you want to. It's like, it's, it's A-E-N-I-M-A. It's pronounced blue. All right. That's how, that's what the album is called. <laughs> oh, oh, no, you're saying it wrong. It actually goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, okay. Next up we have. Dash. Ions. Uh, which is four minutes of evil scientist electro cartoon noise. Uh, and then we have Third Eye, which is 14 minutes of Tool closing the album with a big old epic complete with a Bill Hicks bit. Yep. Not to mention, Brian, open my third eye! Brian! I'm, I was going to keep going, but uh, my throat already started to hurt. Oh. Well, you know, almost out. You've you've given one hundred and ten percent of yourself today, so you don't don't worry about that. Hell um, yeah. 
Yeah, and and you got you know Bill Hicks in the fucking artwork for the album too. Bill Hicks was a big deal for me when I was younger too because I <clears throat> he's from Texas, was from Texas, but um, that was another thing that on uh, Access Television when I was growing up, you would see footage of him doing stand up acts at clubs, and you would often see them play this low budget fucked up stupid movie he did, he was in called Ninja Bachelor Party and yeah. um, he may have done there may have been other ones too but i remember Ninja Bachelor Party now i got to go fucking look that up and see if it's on youtube it's got to be but i just remember <laughs> that always being on and like i lo- i thought bill hicks was fucking hilarious and i i loved everything about him um rest in peace bill he was taken from us uh, too early i wonder what mm. he would think about today's world i don't know but um I'll just ask Dennis Leary. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, yeah, Enema's fucking great. But d- to be fair, you you mentioned so many tracks where there's literally not anything happening in those tracks. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 again, like I say, I could totally live without all of those interludes. But yeah, the actual meat of the content of that album is just banger after banger for me. All right, I'm glad that you put it that way because the reason why Undertow from 1993 is my number one is that it's all meat. It is yes. the all meat tool that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that I enjoy. You're going Complete to me- with shaft, glands, and, and balls. And two, yeah, two giant pendulous balls. Um <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, so this was a big deal for me. So there's nostalgia here. So I'm I'm perfectly fine with the, with with me throwing that out there. Um, Absolutely. The thing that sucks is that I noticed I've I've seen over the years there are some people that look at the idea of nostalgia like it's a bad thing, and I'm just like, I mean, we we're all only on this planet for a limited amount of time. And yeah. we all carve out our own ways to enjoy our lives. And who cares if, you know, because like, you know, a lot of what I do here is all pure nostalgia. I'll occasionally talk about newer things, but it's a lot of older stuff. And yeah. I don't understand why that's bad, but whatever. Um, and, th- and then you get into the territory where I'm at, where it would, it would be known as Anamoya, which is oh, a that's the next That's the next for- Tool album. Yeah. I mean that, that and as you may know and I, as far as the audience knows that is nostalgia for a time you weren't even in. But I grew up playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City and San Andreas, so I might as well have been there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, <laughs> it, it comes at you from di- in different ways. But this one for me because it was so impactful for me and I was a young teenager at the time and I was taking in all of this music and expanding my brain, but also becoming who I legitimately am and I can't do anything about it, which is I like heavy engaging aggressive music. For the yeah. most part, there are some things I like that go to the left or to the right of that, but for the most part, um, if a band has a, um, a, uh, a straightforward, no bullshit, heavy, aggressive version of their sound, a, nine times out of ten, that's probably going to be my favorite thing that they did. Um, but yeah, seeing the Sober video was a big deal for me. I bought the album. I loved it. I talked about it earlier. Um, and, uh, and I just loved the idea that 
this was this felt like music that was new but also had these had the the riffs and the groove and the stuff that kind of attracted me but felt not only new but also had an honesty to it it felt more heart on sleeve than um I, I don't know uh pearl jam or or going to the other side of things uh metallica or stuff like that where you know a lot of you know lyrics would be about like you know this is this political thing this social thing i felt like even though i didn't 100% understand all of maynard's lyrics it felt like very like bearing my soul kind of stuff and i really yeah. you know i guess that would be emo you know prior to you know the <laughs> the overdoing of that but it's emotional and i felt that at the time so it was a very unique combination of things for me the heaviness the emotional quality um the fact that it didn't sound like anything that i listened to at the time or had heard um so it was a big deal and i put the album on now and it still has that kind of impact for me, but my gripe about the album now is that now I hear certain songs, like especially when you go later on the album, I go, oh, this is real similar in, 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 uh, in the skeleton of the song to another song already on this album. And I'm just like, oh, I kind of hear there, they have a, they, they, I mean, they have the tool thing, but at that point, it was like, oh, you, you kind of hear that they had this one area of tool and that's kind of all they were playing in. So it would mm. make sense that the next album, they would expand in other directions, because if they had stayed doing that, we may have just gotten the same exact album again from them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so that's really the only gripe I have. But overall... Um, I put this on and I'm transported right back to 93 and or 94 when I went to go see them live. And um, long story short, my first concert experience, I had a, an older, bigger gentleman standing behind me. I was pretty much at the front of the stage when Tool started. And uh, there was like, you know, the little metal barricade thing and then a handful of of security and this older bigger gentleman taps me on the shoulder and says hey you see that security guard and i was like yeah and he's like i want you to take him out <laughs> and i'm like and this is like you know what was i 15 at this point and i'm just like and i'm just like this little long-haired you know scrawny kid <laughs> and i'm just like what and he goes you take him out so once again i don't i don't know if i 100 remember his words correctly but my in my memory He's like, you take him out or we're going to go round and round, which meaning he's going to kick my ass. Um, <laughs> and so and I remember him saying that to me. And then Tool comes out onto the stage and they start with Cold and Ugly, where literally Maynard says, you're scared as hell like in the song. And I'm like, actually, yeah, I am pretty fucking scared right now because I think I'm about <laughs> to get my head bashed in. Looking at it from an older person's perspective, I'm like, well, fuck that, dude. I, and so, and that's essentially what I did. I, I ended up removing myself from that part of the crowd, and I kind of waved the guy off like, I'm, I'm just going to go do something real quick. I'll be back to take care of this uh, security guard. <laughs> and I literally went all the way around to the back of the venue and then came back through the middle where I found a group of other long hairs 
And I kind of right. just like got in between, didn't even tell my friends who I came with where I was going. I just went <clears throat> and sort of like got in the middle of these other long haired dudes that were all just kind of headbanging the whole time. And, uh, but I barely got to enjoy tool. They were fucking great, but I just remember I'd be enjoying a song and then I would be craning my neck looking for this big old dude who was going to come beat me up. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's a very weird first concert experience and it kind of fucked yeah. things. It fucked things up for me for many, for many years because I kept having, I think I looked like a kid that everybody wanted to beat up. So I would go mm. to shows and then all of a sudden somebody would want to fight me and I would have to remove myself from the situation. Cause I was just like, I don't even do anything. What the fuck is good? What is the deal with me that I mm. look like somebody that everybody wants to fucking punch? So, um, yeah. anyway, so I dealt with that for a long part of my life, but you know, I, that doesn't happen to me anymore. I used to be the guy that was the doorway. I'd be at a show. And when people are trying to come out of the crowd, they'd see me and go like, Oh, that's how we're getting out. And they would just knock me out of the way. <laughs> but I think once I got older and grew the beard out, my wife says yeah. I look a little bit scary to some people. And I'm like, that's weird. They wait till they get to know me. <laughs> I'm not scary at all. But I think it definitely helps yeah. that is, but that is, that has made it a little bit more where I go to shows now. And maybe it's cause I'm older and I don't look like I'm afraid of shit. Um, yeah. but no, but people go around me now and I'm like, cool. All right. You know, <laughs> anyway, get used to this. Hey that, kid, you take that guy out. <laughs> I just want I really wish that I could go back and find that guy and just be like, what the fuck were you thinking? Were you on something? Were probably uh, so. Anyway, it was it was fucking weird. But uh, but you know it was yeah. a good. They were fucking great. I just you know yeah. But they like the, like I said, they really were just like a band on stage playing songs. There was nothing special going on. Yeah. Um. But it, it was their first major tour, if I believe. You know, for their first album. So, anyway, um. Undertow's great. I love it. But it, but yeah. once again, um, once again, you know, it's, it's, it's the tool that I prefer, <laughs> but I'm it sounded funny, <laughs> but I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't necessarily think it's the best album they did. It's my favorite album of what they did. And it, to me, it feels more, the fact that they moved away from this makes it feel even more unique now to me than ever. Yeah. Um, so, so I put it in number one. Um, but really, the you know, you know, your number one and two are both albums that I could also go. Yep, totally could see those at number one also. After that, I have, I have arguments, but those hmm. three for sure. Um, they're all yeah, they're all it's all fucking quality shit, man. Can't deny that. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, that so, was yeah. The, yeah. That's the yeah, ending that's, of, that's our, tool. Of, of our ranking. And as usual, we celebrate the the ending of a, of a discography ranking by doing this. Three, two, one. Yeah. Yeah. We did. We did it. All right. Felt pretty good. Yeah. Um. If you're a and obviously peanut butter platypus to those of you who are normal listeners and watchers of our yeah. uh, show. But if you're a, a newbie and you're a tool fan and you lasted to the end of it, um, high five to you and uh, um, feel free to put uh, your ranking in the YouTube comments. Um, 
to, to be fair, I don't have time for because if you really think about it, we put a lot of thought, even though I, I had a lot of gripes. We put, a lot, we put a lot of thought into what we do. So if you have real critiques about us, put some thought into it. Because if you're literally hmm. just like, um, that fat dude doesn't even know fucking music, fuck him, then it just gets deleted. Because um, I don't have The Canadian guy's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Canadian guy. <laughs> I don't, I think, I think uh, that they, I don't, I think, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, it, that was a weird. I, as as far as I can tell, it was all in good fun. I think, I think it was just lighthearted, lighthearted ribbing trolling. Like well, the, I think the, 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 the yeah. original one, they just said, dude's accent is annoying. And I'm just like, Who, I th- I which think dude? It, I think, well, that, that was the thing where it was like, it, it, I think it was something to the effect of, Dude's got great taste, but his Canadian accent's kind of no, off-putting. No, he and just said his like, accent is off-putting, but then know, somebody else I, said, yeah, Canadian accents or something. I think that was the piss yeah, take right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I just thought it was fucking funny. It's just still, it's so funny to me because my, my initial thought was like, well, is this somebody from England? Because maybe I'm the one with the annoying accent. Maybe you need to be more specific. But you're from <laughs> Texas. Like, you're about as far from Canada as you can get. Like, and I don't sound like I'm from Texas. I don't know where I sound like I'm from, but um, yeah, I don't know. I know that I sound like Bristol by way of LA. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what accent I really enjoy? The Birmingham accent. I really like that one. Birmingham. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know why. It just feels it feels good to me. It feels like somebody I want to have a beer with. You know, Birmingham. Bir- yeah. I don't know if I've ever brought this up, but. I probably have, but I remember one time I was like, I was teasing my girlfriend. She's from Birmingham kind of area, oh, okay. the Midlands. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of teasing her about like accents and stuff. Like, you know, she was up in my, up in my grill about, Oh, bloody Cornish accent. Bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, I went, Oh, I'm from Birmingham. Do you want some chips and gravy? And she was like, <laughs> we don't fucking talk like that. And we were at Birmingham new street, like the the big Birmingham train station at the time, yeah. And the moment she goes, it, the moment she goes, we don't fucking talk like that. Bing boom, the next train to Sutton Coalfield leaves it, <laughs> and it was just like I I turned and did this like smug look where I was like, really now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was good fun though. Yeah, for sure. Accents aren't they funny? Um, we're we're, yeah. we're speaking the same language, but yet we that we're all so different, aren't we? Um, on that note, let's uh, let's get the fuck out of here. That was our tool album ranking. We're going to be back next time uh, with another sp- special episode. What is it? Is it a grooved and removed that we're doing next uh, time? I believe it's a GNR. It's not a GNR, but it is a grooved and removed. Grooved and removed. It, they have the same initials. I do apologize if if you all got teased there for a sec. Yeah, which is uh, a, that's a that's a that's a, an episode style we do where we take a handful of classic albums and we argue about if we had to remove one song from the album, what would it be? Um, and so. I'll 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 give you guys a clue as to who it is. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Just make sure that you guys have a little taste of alcohol. <laughs> anyway, all right. I don't know, but I can smell her in the front. <laughs> is that is that a false? Yeah. yeah, oh my god. Yeah.
Um, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, we'll be back next time with a groove to remove. I thing. love Shave Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to go find, I'm going to go listen to the Paul Stanley rant compilations on YouTube because they're fucking great. I love, I love Paul Stanley. Um, anyway, all right. Oh, that was great. Save that one. For yeah. Next time. Um, all right. So we're gonna, let's get the fuck out of here. We've, we've gone uh, almost as long as a tool album. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, thank you very much for for joining us and for uh, humoring us with our our takes on music as usual. Um, you're all yeah. beautiful people and we love you. And as usual, I'm going to throw it over to my good friend, Eddie Sparks, to take us out. Later, dude, I ate a pizza before we recorded this here podcast. But do <laughs> Very effective with the dynamics there. I loved it. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs>